In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom, and I'm glad to be with you today. We remember what we preached about a couple of days ago. It was yesterday. Signs like these shall follow those who believe, who believe in the power of the cross, who believe in the power of the resurrection, who believe in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, signs like these shall follow those who believe. And if you believe, you should have these signs. You lay hands upon the sick, and they shall be healed. I'm looking at Acts, the third chapter. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. You see, they're Jewish. They're going to the temple at the hour of prayer at three o'clock in the afternoon. And a man lame from birth was being carried in. He was brought to a place where was his place by the beautiful gate. He was there every day, not on the Sabbath, with his cup collecting money because he couldn't work. He was crippled. And a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called Beautiful Gate, so he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. I'm going to tell you that Jesus went through this beautiful gate on Palm Sunday and went through this beautiful gate many, many times and did not heal this man. He was there. Jesus saw him. Oh, yes, he leaves this healing to someone else. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. He's looking for money. Peter looked intently at him, and so did John. And they said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them, expecting to receive money from them. His cup is open. I'm looking for money. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk. He entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. He's excited. He never could walk before. But in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, by the power of the Spirit, get up and walk. I was just praying just recently to a man who is a barber who has a, a neck problem. And we prayed three or four times, two or three times. And I don't know if it was completely cured, but he got relief. He said, it's much better. You see, signs like these shall follow those who believe. They shall lay hands upon the sick, and they shall be healed. So he was walking and leaping 
and praising God. He's excited. He's got a new life. He doesn't have to beg any longer. He's off the dole. He's got to go to work. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. Silver and gold we have none, but what we have we give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, stand up and walk. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate. He was there for years. This was his place for years. Jesus went through the beautiful gate many times, didn't heal them. He made that for John and Peter to do it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Silver and gold, I have not. Well, I can't say that. I have silver and gold by grace. But I also have in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. Stand up and walk in the name of Jesus. I have money, the money that the Lord has given me, but I try to use a bit of it, more than 10%, for a tithe, because that's what God asks me to do. And you see, I started off by tithing my money. Now tithing is just small. I go much further than tithing. By the grace of the living God, because God has given me, and I want to give back to God's people. It's just like that. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the man who used to ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what has just happened to him. Are you filled with wonder and amazement today about Jesus? You know, he's wonderful. There's nobody like Jesus. He's wonderful, and he's got plans for your life. And he wants you to know that you are a believer, and you should be laying hands upon the sick and watch them to get better. Signs like these shall follow those who believe. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. They will speak in new tongues, and so on and so forth. These things are still happening. These things are still happening to those who believe that Jesus is the Lord, that Jesus is their Savior, that Jesus died, buried, and rose from the dead. The gospel must be preached because if we don't preach the gospel, Jesus said the very stones would stand up and preach the gospel. I don't want a stone to have my work. That's my job, to preach the gospel. When I was in the seminary, I preached the gospel. I remember praying with Father O.D. for a back injury. And I went into his room, and I was told that he was ready for me to pray with him. So I asked him, where was the pain and he showed me and I prayed for a couple of seconds that he be healed he said aren't you going to go on further I said no you can't accept further you're healed and you know what he was healed he was healed by the grace of the living God 
he used to go around and say, God speaks to Tom. But God speaks to all his children. The good shepherd says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Are you part of the shepherd's flock? Then you and I should be hearing the voice of Jesus. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I'm telling you how we need to follow Jesus during these dark days that we are having. Listen to this, verse 11. When he clung to Peter and John, all the people ran together with them in the portico called Sol Solomon's portico. Why does he cling to Peter and John? He thinks they did it. They didn't do it. It was the name of Jesus, of Nazareth, that he was healed. But they're clinging to the Peter and John. They were utterly astonished. When Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Israelites, why do you wonder about this? Or why do you stare at us as though by your, our own power or piety have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and the God of our ancestors has glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him, but you received, you rejected the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer, Barabbas, given to you, and you killed the author of life. Jesus is the author of life. Do you know that today? The Word of God says, all things were made through him, and without him nothing has been made. He is the author of life. The Word of God produced you in your mother's womb. The Word of God, who became incarnate, and his name is Jesus, produced you in your mother's womb. This is real. This is real. Let's continue. And you kill the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. Witnesses of what? Of the resurrection. They experienced the resurrection. They saw the resurrected Christ. Whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by faith in his name. What name? Jesus. His name itself has made this man strong, whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, demons have got to flee. In the name of Jesus, the name above every other name, one day every knee shall bow, every tongue shall proclaim to the glory of God that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day people in heaven, on earth, and under the earth 
will proclaim the Lordship of Jesus as they bow their knees to the name of Jesus. How do I know that? Philippians 2, though he was in the form of God, Jesus, he did not count himself equal to God, something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. And one day, every knee shall bow in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth, at the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance, that you put Jesus to death in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that the Messiah would suffer, Isaiah 53. I told you that the Jewish rabbis will not read Isaiah 53 to the people. Why? Because it describes the crucifixion of the Messiah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is, this is real. We're dealing with real stuff. We're not dealing with ragtime. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. How we need times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord in the world that we're living in. How we need the presence of God to fill us by God's grace. How we need that. And that he may send the Messiah appointed for you, that is Jesus, who must remain in heaven until the time of the universal restoration that God announced long ago through the holy prophets. Oh yes, Jesus is coming back. You say, but he hasn't come back in 2,000 years. The scripture says, one day with God is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. So Jesus has been gone two days. Oh yes, and he's coming back. He's coming back. Are you ready? Are you a believer? Have you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? He's coming back for a church, a church without spot or wrinkle. Have you gone to confession lately and confessed your sins? You know, I've been studying the Word of God and listening to people preach. One of the things that I have to fight against is that I want to be in control. The scripture says that if I am the one in control, that's a spirit of witchcraft. I don't want to be in control. Greater things happen when I'm not in control, when God is in control, when Jesus is in control. Great things happen. So I don't want to be in control. I want him to be in control. I want his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want things to happen on earth as it is in heaven. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you from your own people a prophet like me. You must listen to whatever 
He tells you. Well, they didn't listen. They crucified him, but he rose from the dead. And it will be that everyone who does not listen to the prophet will be utterly rooted out of the people. And all the prophets, as many as have spoken from Samuel and those after him, also predicted these days, you are the descendants of the prophets and of the covenant that God gave to your ancestors, saying to Abraham and to your descendants, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Oh yes, blessed in the name of Jesus. I love that name. I love that name. I hate to hear it being taken in vain. That name, there is no other name under heaven by which we are to be saved but the name of Jesus. No other name under heaven by which we are to be saved but the name of Jesus. You are the descendants of the prophets and of the covenant that God gave to your ancestors, saying to Abraham and to your descendants, and the families of earth shall be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you, to the Jew Jewish people, to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. But the Jewish people, for the most part, didn't recognize the Messiah. But you want to know what? Most Catholics do not recognize the Messiah. Most Catholics do not surrender to the Messiah. Most Catholics have no idea about the Messiah's power. That's why God wants you to pray for the sick. Believers shall have signs that follow. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall be healed. Chapter 4 While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests of the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came to them. We remember the Sadducees do not believe in the resurrection. You know, they're sad, you see. They did not believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection. The, the Sadducees came to them much annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming that in Jesus there is the resurrection of the dead. Again, the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. So they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Listen to this. God uses Peter and John to heal a crippled and they put put in jail for doing it in the name of Jesus. Like, how sad is that? Are we coming to those days in the United States that we cannot use the name of Jesus? That they'll arrest us? Are we coming to something like that? I hope not. I believe in the First Amendment. God has given us the ability to speak what we believe. Chapter 4 But many of those who heard the word believed, and they numbered about 5,000 people. 
The next day, the rulers and elders, the scribes, assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. When they had made the prisoners stand in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and people of and elders, if we are questioned today because God has done a good deed to someone who was sick and are asked now, this man has been healed, how he has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to the whole people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the very stone that was rejected by you, the builders, and has become the capstone. Let me tell you what a capstone is. In the arch of stones, the capstone is the stone that holds all the other stones together. That's the capstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we are must be saved. The church preaches that, that Jesus Christ is the only name that brings salvation. I remember being ordained. I said this before. At the ordination, they call the names of all the candidates, and most of them people answer, present. When they called my name, I said, here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. I was talking about Jesus. I needed Jesus. There is salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven which men by which we are must be saved. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and ordinary men, I tell you, they might be uneducated, but they're not ordinary. They're men filled with the Holy Spirit. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are not ordinary. You are great in the name of God. You are great because of what Jesus has done for you. These are not ordinary men. They're uneducated, but they're not ordinary. They were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. I wonder how many people recognize us, me and you, as companions of Jesus. Companion means to eat bread with. We break bread at the Eucharistic altar. Oh yes, this is real. We are companions of Jesus. Today I already received his body and blood. I am a companion of Jesus. I need Jesus. I want Jesus. I want to preach Jesus. I want to tell people about Jesus. What about you? I remember saying, God is calling someone to be a priest, and you're saying no. And there was someone that was listening that day 
who went into the seminary, and he is now a priest. Oh, yes, but if you're going to be a priest, you're going to preach Jesus. You're going to preach his power. You're going to preach his cross. You're going to preach his death. You're going to preach his burial. You're going to preach his resurrection. You're going to preach the wonders that you see Jesus doing. The wonders that you see Jesus doing. Jesus still does wonders. Oh yes, he still does to those who believe. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your will. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.